Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Action show. This is Brian and Brad coming to you with our week three edition of the BNB Reaction Show. And surprise, the Panthers won a game. Woo! Yay! Yay! Not only did they win, they didn't surrender a lead, unlike a certain group of uh, a certain team that we know of in our own division that did it for the second straight week. Yes. And in case you were wondering who that team is, it is the Atlanta Falcons. And they became, did you know this, Brian, the first team ever to lose back-to-back games, even though they had a 15-plus point lead in the fourth quarter in both of those games. They are the first team in <laughs> NFL history to blow a 15-point lead two weeks in a row in the fourth quarter. I didn't know that, but that is so on brand for that franchise. <laughs> <laughs> So the Falcons, who are clearly a probably more talented team than the Panthers, are sitting here 0-3 after they could have won easily all of the games they've played this season. And the Panthers are now 1-2. Amazing. We're not last. We're not last. We are not last. And it's very possible that the Saints could be sitting at 1-2 as well after tonight's game. We, so, we actually have a shot at being competitive in the hunt. <laughs> As they like to say, yep, three weeks see, in, you'll see the see the Panthers in that graphic that says "in the hunt for the playoffs" for probably yeah, a few we'll weeks. be in that graphic until like week nine, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're probably one and eight and <laughs> out of it at that point. Yep. Yeah the 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 one group that took a real big hit today are the tank for Trevor Club because I think winning more than three games is going to take us out of the number one overall pick because I don't know if you've seen, but the jets are really, really bad. They are very, <laughs> very bad. I think, I think the Colts put in uh J- Jacoby Brissett, like in the third quarter or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my and, God. I mean, it would, it would be the Panthers luck for this to be the one year where they really have a shot because they're terrible. And then the Falcons go off and start blowing leads every fourth quarter. And then they, they pick Trevor Lawrence because Matt Ryan's like 38 years old or something. Even though they have all of this, all of this like offensive weaponry and some pretty good pieces on defense, they managed to blow like every lead in the, for the rest of the season and win like two games and managed to get the first overall pick. That would be our luck. That would be our luck. Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those uh, this is one of those games that we we've been talking about for a couple weeks now, where we thought the Panthers would probably beat a couple teams that they shouldn't have, and today was the first one, and it was very much an it was kind of like watching. I guess it, I guess it's kind of from from my perspective, it would be like watching the last few year iteration of the Panthers where they played a team where they really should beat them, and they just don't, and they just colossally mess it up. Um, that's pretty like, much what the chargers did. I mean, they yeah. had three turnovers, uh, several penalties that, that ended drives or gave the Panthers extra life. Like there was one where they, 
uh, they had us stopped on a third down and then they committed a penalty that made it first down. They did that several times and they just, I think it was more that they lost more than we won. Yeah. That's how I mean, it felt. That's how it felt to me too. I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really ever think, I can't really ever think of a team that ended up kicking one, two, three, five or five field goals and managed to win the game. Yeah. It it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like they got stopped like 50 yards out or something like that. Where like at that point, a 50 yard field goal is actually like a positive. Like they were in scoring, they were in scoring distance multiple times. It was, it was in the red zone. I want to say three or four out of the five were in the red zone. Yeah. They scored 29, 24, 30, 22, 31, where all the yeah, field goals usually, made. Usually, you, you don't usually win games when you have to kick five field goals in the red zone. I mean, yeah. that that's just not good. And, I mean, it's – I guess it's cool for Joey Sly because he's the first Panthers kicker since Justin Medlock to make five in a game. That's kind and, of an amazing stat and amazing yeah. game to pull. I forget about Justin Medlock. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, – Bill Voth tweeted that earlier. That's where I saw it. He's also – um, it's one short of the franchise record because John Casey did kick six in a game one time. So, you well, know, I mean, brand for the early two thousands version. Yeah. Of the Panthers, so, <laughs> and the yeah. best part of the best part to me of Joey Sly's day is he had one extra point that he missed because it was blocked. <laughs> so yeah, he makes five field goals, but gets his extra point blocked. That man cannot make an extra point. And anybody who and anybody who didn't watch the game and really isn't a Panthers fan will just see that he missed the, the extra point because they don't typically yeah. log that as a block. So yeah, and to give him credit, it was blocked. I mean, it there wasn't anything he could do. But it, yeah, it was just funny because in our Slack chat we were talking about the game and um, our um, deputy editor Walker made a comment: "We can't uh, Joey Sly can't miss extra points if we don't score touchdowns." And then literally right after that, he he had his extra point blocked. It was like a minute later. The and, touchdown was also a result of the Chargers lining up wrong on a field goal. Yeah, block. it was a broken play on defense that Mike Davis scored on a screen. So I mean it that was that whole situation was just funny. Yeah. But you have it to really- embrace that with this team because we're we're young, we're building uh, it's gl- it's good to see that we actually won a game that we shouldn't have won because I don't know about you, but I've been tired of being on the opposite end of that. Yes. Uh, I, I've, I'm tired. I've been tired of losing games. We should win. Yeah. And it, it feels nice to win a game. We should lose. Yeah. If for the longest time, there were so many games that the Panthers absolutely should have won and they just like did everything they could to lose. And then the, uh, this week they they just didn't they did they just didn't screw up enough to lose, which was and nice. they almost <laughs> did too because, I mean, if the Chargers didn't screw up the hook and ladder play, they may have won the game. Yeah, the other thing that we need to that we need to talk about first, I think, before we really break down the game is JJ Jansen is the freaking MVP of this game. I think. <laughs> oh yes, he he absolutely better get the game ball for that saving play by downing that punt at the half yard line because if if the chargers start at the 20 they win the game yeah 100 percent because they were only like 20 yards away yeah that last play that got him to the 25 would have been a touchdown right yeah they they put just enough distance between the chargers and the end zone that they were they were able to win because they ran out of time 
Oh, and props uh, to Justin Herbert too, because going 99 yards when you need a touchdown with less than a minute to go is an extremely difficult task. And he almost did. He almost did that two weeks in a row. I don't know how far he had to go last week when he sent the game to overtime, but I mean, he's going to be pretty good. So I think, I think we played the chargers at the right time because I think when, when Herbert gets some experience, they're going to be a tough team to compete with. Yeah. He's still, he was making a lot of the, uh, the rookie quarterback type of mistakes. Um, this game that he was still really good. I mean, he, he threw for, he threw 30, 49 passes for 35 completions and 330 yards. Yeah, uh, he that only touchdown threw he pick. threw was very impressive. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, he made a lot of really impressive throws. The The fumbles are really unfortunate because that's not – it's almost not I, – I, I almost don't want to blame Herbert for the two fumbles he had because both times it was just Brian Burns coming up and slapping at the ball when he was trying to throw it. And that's yeah, just something those, where – I, I don't blame quarterbacks for that that particular fumble. I blame the offensive <laughs> line for those. Because they can't, they can't have eyes in the back of their heads, and it's like they have to throw the ball. So, yeah, he almost had just, a third one, and he managed to he cocked it back, and then waited after while Brian Burns slid by, and then threw it. So he learned from yeah. his mistake there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, those, those plays to me, those aren't on the quarterback because you know the only fumbles on a quarterback are when they tried to do something they shouldn't do with the ball. <laughs> Kyle Allen. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But speaking of those fumbles, Brian Burns was definitely the standout on defense for me this this week. Um, there were a couple other standouts, but I just want to give him a specific shout out because from the stat sheet, he forced two fumbles, which is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it doesn't. I don't see it on here on the ESPN anyway. But I, I I'm pretty sure he was he was given credit for two forced fumbles, but. That was really good, and that those kind of plays were were flashes of the type of things I've seen from like Charles Johnson and Julius Peppers. Back, though, like you don't have to sack a quarterback; you don't have to bring him to the ground to make an impact and force a negative play, and that's exactly what he did today. Did he get credit for that one fumble, or was that Justin Burris that got credit for it? Because I know both of them were there <laughs> at the same time. Uh, I don't. Maybe they know gave that. To sure. Bur- Maybe they gave that to Burris, like after they looked at replay or something. But I know both of them were there. Yeah, that was the play where nobody thought that it would be an I- a good idea to block Burris when he was doing a a corner blitz. Oh, you're talking about blitz. on the reverse play. Um, oh yeah, yeah okay. We're talking yeah, about two he, different plays. Yeah, I was talking about there were two different times where Burns hit uh, Herbert's arm, but no, the just Justin Burris was another guy that I thought stood out today because. He was he recognized a lot of those like those screen passes and the play you're talking about was a wide receiver reverse where right. he went okay. he went clean in the backfield and planted Justin Herbert and that forced a fumble that they they lost like 20 yards on that play. That's and right. That, That's right. Yeah. I had my plays mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Burris was Burris did a, did that multiple times during the game where he blew up screen passes and that play. Um, Jeremy uh, Chen was good too. I'm I'm going to oh. go ahead and make this declarative. Dec- declarative statement that's a hard thing to say after three games the panthers made the right call to draft Derek brown and then draft jeremy chin instead of drafting isaiah simmons that was the smart move yeah like jeremy chin may not and may not translate into quite the player that um isaiah simmons will but he's pretty good he 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 was laying some hits today yeah he 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 is borderline elite like I hate to use that word, 
but he's borderline elite, like especially for for a guy that played at a small school in college. Like he didn't do this like in the SEC, so nobody really knows about him. So kudos to whoever's idea it was to go with Derek Brown and then Jeremy Chin, because I think that's going to work out in the long run. Yeah, and Jeremy Chin, you know, he's going to have those rookie mistakes in coverage because he's learning an NFL route trees and NFL concepts and whatnot. Because obviously, probably, I imagine Division Two probably is a lot of the spread. Um, yeah. So he's learning some NFL type stuff. But today, he was laying the wood on some hits yeah. on people. He was he, all over the place. I remember one play, a guy caught the ball and he freaking like lit him up. I think it was Eckler. Um, like the, he broke a tackle and then he just freaking like helmet to chest, put him on the ground. And I was like, damn. And then he obviously had the blitz on, um, Justin Herbert where Herbert had to come out for a play. I think he just like got the wind knocked out of him, but he blasted him on that play. Yeah. And that caused he, the Chargers he actually to, didn't come out for a play to be technical. They called a timeout and put him back in. Right. Yeah. Cause they, they didn't he, want, it was like third down and they didn't want that guy that, had never taken an NFL snap to be responsible for third down. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was clearly it was a fake like name. or something, or lock. I don't know. It was something weird. Might have been Link. Hang on. I, I actually pointed it out on Twitter that it was a fake name, so let me just go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that, oh, you're um, finding it. Um, yeah, that was uh, – Easton Stick. Easton Stick. Yeah, that is a, a fake person. name. I don't give a shit what anybody says. You can show me his birth certificate. I will still claim it is fake. That is a fake name that you use to put on a fake ID to get in the club. Yep. And obviously, you never want your quarterback to – you never want to see anybody get hurt on the field. And thankfully, no. it was just a one-play thing. But that play by Chin, which was a legal hit on – Herbert took him out for a play, which caused them, which caused the Chargers to lose a timeout, which they really could have used on that last drive. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> props to Jeremy Chin. Props to him. Um, other guys that stood out to me, um, I, I do want to give some props to Mike Davis. I mean, he wasn't great. He only averaged three and a half yards per carry. He caught five, eight passes, so he led the Panthers in receiving catches for 45 yards and 5.6 yards per carry and one touchdown. But I think that he just, he did the, he, he did make the most of the opportunity. I believe he made a, he made a couple of nice runs where he was able to pick up some yards. They really needed. Um, he caught the ball when it was thrown to him, you know, like that. You can't really ask for much from him. Yeah. To try I mean, and replace he, McCaffrey. He, yeah. Like you said, he did exactly what they wanted him to do. He did not screw up. Like he did what, any backup running back should do when they're replacing the superstar starter. He just, he, he didn't fumble. Uh, he didn't cause any interceptions. He didn't miss any assignments. He didn't, he was statistically, he was average. Like you pointed out, but I'm happy with what he did because, and he did score a touchdown. So, I mean, you know, the only one of the day, much the more than that. the only one yeah. of the day. Yeah. You can't ask for much more than that. And, I mean, he's not an NFL starter by any means, but he's per he's perfectly fine as a backup running back. Yep, he, I think he deserves more touches when Christian McCaffrey comes back. I do just too. because of that. But I will say, so one observation I'd like to make. So it seems like we have a pretty good idea of what Matt Rule's plan is to try and uh, I don't know nullify the loss of Christian McCaffrey for a few weeks, and it's that they're going to use Mike Davis on the early downs. Um, mainly to run up the middle, 
They're going to use Reggie Bonifon as well in, in, spell, in a spell-type role of Mike Davis. But the interesting thing, Curtis Samuel lined up in the backfield of quite a few times this today. He actually yeah. ran the ball four times for seven yards, which on the stat sheet doesn't look great, but he had a couple of them where he really didn't have much of a chance of uh, going anywhere. But he did have a couple of nice runs up the middle where – you were where I was like, all right, all right. I see, I see the former running back in Curtis Samuel, you know, like he's a small guy, but he was able to power through some, some arm tackles there. Um, he also had four catches for 45 yards. So I guess they're just taking Mike Davis and his ability to run between the tackles, Reggie Bonifon being some kind of like really, really bottom shelf B version of Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel being a really athletic guy who used to play running back and is now trying to play wide receiver in the NFL. And I think that's a solid strategy for them um, yeah. rather than bringing in somebody like Devonte Freeman. Like they're just going with the pieces they have and using them in ways that they can succeed. So, yeah, it, they, it looks like they're trying to use Curtis Samuel the same way that Kansas city uses Tyreek Hill. And Samuel is kind of like a, a, poor man's version of Tyreek Hill like he's not quite as good but but he can do a lot of the same things and I don't really I don't really like them using him out of the backfield I don't like it um it yes he had a couple of nice runs I'm not going to take that away from him and I like Curtis Samuel I'm the only person on either of the podcasts in the Cat Scratch Reader podcast network who does like Curtis Samuel uh because it's the Curtis Samuel haters club well, I haven't revealed my position on Curtis Samuel yet. I was going to do that on on our next podcast. Oh well, I'm sorry, I spoiled it. But That's okay. Anyway, that, will, uh, that gives them a reason hey, to tune in. They can hear about why I don't like Curtis Samuel. Brian is going to announce his official position on Curtis Samuel. Yep. But um, I don't like them using him as a straight up running back. I just I wish they would just use Trenton Cannon in that role. So that actually is a great segue into um, a, something I did want to bring up in the negatives portion. Their decisions in the red zone were really stupid today. Yeah, you cannot run the plays in the red zone that we were running consistently. You will not score touchdowns. Yeah, and like Curtis Samuel running up, running up the middle in the red zone was not smart. Um, no, no, you do that shit at midfield when it's like when it's first and ten, like after a big like a big play that sets up a, a good field position on a punt or something, then you try that shit. Like you don't do that when you get into the red zone. Yep. And then early on in the game, they had a, they had, and this might not have been the play call. It might've just been Teddy Bridgewater being, you know, captain check down for a couple plays, but there were back-to-back throws to Mike Davis as a check down where they did not get a first down. That really pissed me off. Yeah. Um, it was towards the tried- boundary too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so, like, like it wasn't even in the middle of the bounds. field where he could do anything. It was like, it was yeah, on the sidelines. Yeah. Then there was it, one we, drive. I don't, I don't remember where it happened or when it happened, but they really, they were driving the ball well, and then they tried to get cute with this weird reverse where they motioned. I think it was Robbie Anderson across the field. It, they had like a trips formation on the right side. Curtis Samuel was in the backfield, I think, and. They motioned Robbie Anderson away from the trip side, and then they ran a toss to the right side to Curtis Samuel, and Curtis Samuel got blown up. But I was like, why? Like, why did you do that? It was like third yeah. and two, and they lost two yards on it. And I was just sitting there like – Just run been, Reggie Bonifant or Mike Davis up the middle. Or even like Robbie or Anderson was, was, 
Robbie Anderson was torching them on crossing routes and and strag routes all day. Like I, I didn't understand why they like all of a sudden like clamped down on the playbook when they were in the red zone because they have these short yardage passing uh, plays that they can run. And for whatever reason, they just kept running the ball, and I just didn't get it. Like because it, it it's different when it's Christian McCaffrey. He's literally the best player on your team. But like Mike Davis, Curtis Samuel, like. You're trying to get these guys to get the first down when they when the Chargers still have a pretty good front seven. It's like, why don't you just throw the ball? Yeah, do something different. Like, and I don't know. We speaking of throw the ball, we have to talk about this because it's happened for two weeks in a row now. Um, for someone who is known around league circles as Captain Checkdown, Teddy Bridgewater is really bad at checking the ball down. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. he overthrows the shit out of it at least 20 to 30% of the time. And you would think for someone who takes the safe route as much as he does, that he would be better at it. And I don't know. I don't know if he's just getting used to the receivers he has. I don't know if it's the gloves. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's just not very good at it. Yeah, there was one play. There was one play that comes to mind specifically, and that was um, there were two drives in the third quarter where the Panthers stalled out on their own like ten yard line, and the one drive Curtis Samuel caught a pass and pushed his way through to what probably should have been a first down, but they didn't get the spot on it. Yeah, and that Matt, that was a first down, and they they got screwed there. I was actually upset about that. That rule didn't choose to challenge it, which you know, whatever. Like it, it can be tough on those uh, on those spot plays because you have to prove definitively that he got a first down. Um, but in my mind, like, and I tweeted this from the CSR handle. By the way, follow us on Cat Scratch Reader. Missing the last e Cat Scratch Reader R E A D R on Twitter. If you're not, but I tweeted this saying that yeah, I wasn't sure about the spot. But on first down, they had this nice little um, – it was basically like a rollout type play, like a waggle, where DJ Moore was wide open. Um, and all Teddy Bridgewater had to do was get it over a pursuing defensive end's head, and he did. And the ball just like – I think DJ Moore should have caught it, but it was also a really bad throw. Like it was way higher than it should have been to DJ Moore. So he dropped it, and that would have been an easy first down if he caught it. So that I, yeah. that touches on your point that he, that Teddy Bridgewater is not so good at checking the ball down. I just don't get and, it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know and if it's, it's just weird. that he doesn't have to touch on it or something or what. Yeah, but. I don't know. It's weird, and it's also to me, it's like, hey, take some risks, man. Like in the fourth quarter, on that one play, we expected everyone expected them to hand it off to Mike Davis, so he ran play action and threw it deep to DJ Moore for like 40 yards. It was a beautiful and throw. It was a great beautiful. throw. And it was a great and it could have been a touchdown if he wouldn't have fell down. And why why don't we do that more often? Why are we not throwing deep? Like I get it that Bridgewater can't throw like 70 yards standing still. I understand that, but you know, we have to do more than just throw it eight to 10 yards at a clip. And I also don't know if that's a result of the play calling, because it seems like a lot of the throws were designed to go short yardage and get out within like three, like a three step drop and then throw it. I don't know if that's a result of the play calling, especially since the offensive line was missing their starting left tackle and starting left guard today. Oh, um, God, yes. Joey B- um, Bosa abused I can't remember the poor soul's name. Greg Little was in at one point. I remember that. Yeah, it was Greg Little and Trent somebody. 
Trent, I think. Uh, it was Reed. Chris Reed, I think, was in for a little Chris bit. Chris Reed was the guard. Yeah. And and then I can't remember the tackle's name, but they both they, – it was just – it was a revolving door. Yeah. And Bosa made them both look bad. So, I don't Which know Which, I mean, that... is to be expected. Bosa is really good. Yeah, Bosa is one of the top defensive ends in the league, obviously. So, it's like – you, you expect that, and that might have been why they were hesitant to throw the ball downfield. But yeah, exactly as you were saying, like that play was beautiful, and they should do that a little more, especially when they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel who can all stretch the ball down the field. And I don't, I I hate to say this, but I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback to pair with a guy like Curtis Samuel, even no, though he like because as a poor man's Tyreek Hill, he's not Teddy Bridgewater's not going to rocket the ball fifty yards down the field to hit him in stride, but. You know, you have enough options to stretch the ball down the field that I think they need to try and do that. And maybe it's just a matter of uh, once they get more acclimated with each other, maybe Joe Brady will more will be more likely to do that. So it's a long term game. I think Joe Brady's not going anywhere as their offensive coordinator. I mean, like even though the the red zone play calls were questionable, you still see some creativity out of them. That's all you can really ask for. Um, all I know is going forward, I know that we're going to, the Panthers are going to lose a lot of games, but I'd like to see better red zone efficiency, and I think they can do it. I think they have the pieces to do it. It's just a matter of uh, executing, really, as Ron yeah. Rivera would say, execution. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so as far as the defense goes, um, I think today was their best showing of the season. Um Obviously, when you play a rookie quarterback, that helps a lot. But they made some key stops. They forced three turnovers. Uh, I felt Dante Jackson didn't run out of bounds on his one interception, but obviously, oh, he would get a pick six on that. Yeah, I was really hoping he would get a pick six too. But Dante Jackson is showing that he's dangerous and he can be a ball hawk. So once again, I don't think he's the number one corner. But today was a much better showing from him than in the couple last couple weeks. So yeah. I mean, overall, I thought the defense played much better. Um, there's obviously some youth there. Yeter Gross Matos had that really bad face mask penalty on Justin Herbert on the final drive. Thankfully, it didn't kill them, but it's just a lot of young talent. I liked what Derek Brown did today. Obviously, Brian Burns, awesome, very good player. And Shaq Thompson had a really good game. I feel like we need to give him some props. Yeah, he did play well. He forced a turnover. He had a couple of major stops, and I think his biggest play of the game was on the final drive when uh, Herbert was trying was moving around trying to find somebody. He hit Eckler on the check down. Eckler had been breaking tackles and taking the ball everywhere all day, and Shaq Thompson brought him down, hurt himself, but they stopped, They managed to uh, stop him there at 47 seconds, and that I think that really uh, killed the, the momentum of the two-minute offense they were running. Yeah, I think we did a good job containing Austin Eckler today. He didn't really stand out. Like he didn't he didn't dominate us like I thought he was going to. Yeah, he he was my guy in my DraftKings DFS stuff. And uh let me look at how he did. I don't think he did very well. Oh, I won twenty five dollars. Nice. Um he He scored thirty one fantasy points. Um Really? 
Yeah, well, he had one is a, touchdown. Is it a PPR league or something? Yeah, had, well, it's because he, he caught 11 passes. Okay, yeah. But that's not that's still not bad. I mean, he only had 84 receiving yards and 59 rushing yards, which that's a pretty good day for a running back, but I think we all expected that to be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, when I say we did a good job containing him, I mean in context of how we usually perform against the other team's running back. Like, exactly, exactly. Like he, didn't, he did not win the game for the Chargers like I thought he would. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously he did, he did well. And if he were on my fantasy team, I would have be, I would be happy with that, but I was just no, I glad mean, he, that he didn't, he didn't run all over, over us. Yeah, yeah. He didn't take over the game. The Panthers stopped him when they needed to, like really with this team, if they're going to win games, it's going to come he down didn't to score. Just... He didn't score any touchdowns. Did he? He did. He did score a touchdown. He scored one. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't dominate them. He didn't score multiple touchdowns. He didn't, he didn't like, really destroy them all that much like with this team it's going to come down to i think that you're just going to have to take the stops when you can get them um and they did enough of that today where they stopped they they made some good stops and they had enough they forced more negative plays that's something that john i know specifically shout out to john has been saying in his defensive recaps and we've been saying it on this podcast they need to force more negative plays and we're not saying sacks we're not saying interceptions we're not saying fumbles even though all of those happen today, but just plays where they don't gain a single yard. Those are the plays they need to see more of, and they did that a lot today. And I think or that an, or yeah, to or an incomplete pass, or a false start penalty, or anything negative that the other team does not benefit from. Mm-hmm. I think we did a good job on that today. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Trey Boston. He played pretty well today too. He had a big pass breakup in late in the game. I, he almost had an interception. Yeah, he should have had a pick six. He should have had a pick six, yeah. um, but in typical Trey Boston fashion, he did not. So that's why he know. plays defensive back because he can't catch that great. Yeah, he can't catch anything. So, um, but, but I, I also think... want. I have one other thing to complain about. Go ahead. Uh, it's on offense, so it's kind of not really into what we're talking about now. But I haven't had a chance to get this out. Nah, that's fine. We're just going through what we want to complain about at this um, point. So. If Teddy Bridgewater wants to be an NFL quarterback, he has to stop throwing on like third and nine. He has to stop throwing a five-yard pass. It is really frustrating to see a quarterback throw short of the sticks on every single third down play. And I've defended Teddy a lot on CSR because a lot of fans don't like the fact that we signed Teddy Bridgewater mostly and you guys know it's true, mostly because of how we ended Cam's time here. And that's fine. Uh, you know, no hate, you know, whatever. But he can't keep doing that. It's frustrating to watch, and it, it makes it harder to defend him. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, – and that's the thing. That was part of, like, what I was saying earlier about the Mike Davis situation where they threw the ball to him two times in a row in the red zone. On, on like, I think it was like pretty close to the goal line too. Like that's that, I believe that's a Teddy Bridgewater decision. And it's like, you got to go for it, man. Like you got to be more aggressive. And I, I think that Teddy Bridgewater is that is exactly what a lot of people have called him. And he's that quarterback where you'll, you won't lose as many games as a result of him as you will win as a result of him not fucking up. Um, yes. He's so, not going to lose games for you, but he's also not going to win them. Yeah, and that's that's where you want to see a little more aggression. Um, it, I think that I think part of that problem there is that 
the Panthers don't really have a guy who's a matchup problem right now as far as being a physical matchup problem. So, because Robbie Anderson's like, I think Robbie Anderson, like size wise, is probably the biggest, like as skinny as I am. So, you know, he's not. Yeah, gonna... he's he's like six three, one hundred and eighty nine pounds or something like that. Yeah, like he's got uh, he's got so... length, but he's not going to be like out out muscling people for the rebound. You know. No. Yeah, his job is to run past them. So hopefully the the aggression and the more and the pushing the ball into the end zone comes with time and trust with his receivers. But yeah, that that shit needs to stop because if if he really wants to prove he's the starting quarterback for this team and he's not just the guy that bridges them on to say Justin Herbert or uh, what is it Justin Fields is that his name Justin Fields yeah Justin Fields um, you know then he needs to be he needs to take over and make and force the issue on a lot of those throws. So I agree it is really frustrating, especially when your team kicks five field goals in a game they probably should have lost. It's like the Panthers could have theoretically put up like thirty points today if they just were more aggressive. I mean if if I mean, you know, some of those you're gonna have to settle for a field goal because nobody is is a hundred percent efficient in the red zone. It's just especially a team like us with a bunch of new parts but you have to at least score two of those touchdowns like you have to you know add eight points to our total and it's 29 to 16 and it's out of reach at the end like there's nothing the the chargers can do so exactly it it, it's just it's frustrating to see them consistently (laughs) stuck in the red zone yeah when they don't have any reason to do that yeah, especially when this is like obviously the quarterback situation, you know, we'll we'll leave that alone here, but from a talent standpoint at the on the receiver side, this is a really talented group of receivers. So it's it's obviously very frustrating when you're only scoring one touchdown with a with a even without Christian McCaffrey with a group of of receiving weapons that are this talented. Yeah. But so hey, we we'll, won, so and I just, yeah. And again, like just to, just to end it on a positive note, I do like seeing them experiment more because we never really saw Ron Rivera do that all that often, like experiment with the pieces they have. Like, even though the Curtis Samuel running out of the backfield thing, isn't great. It's a new wrinkle they've introduced. And it's something yeah. where it seems like they're, they're introducing new wrinkles every single week. So, yeah, I will give them props for that. It is nice to see them fail in different ways. It's, it's yeah. nice to see different things <laughs> different things being tried, even if they don't work. So yeah, I, cause Ron Rivera would have just put Alex Armai in there running back and ran it up the gut every time. And we would, we would have lost like, like 20 to three or something. That is one last thing I do want to give as a positive before we sign off of here. So on the final drive for the Panthers, um, when they were trying to, to, to like, you know, ice out the game, Panthers ran the ball once, then they threw it and got a first down. Panthers ran the ball. I think they may have ran the ball a second time, either that or they threw it. I think they might have thrown it a second time. And then on third down, Teddy Bridgewater got sacked. But you know what would have happened if Ron Rivera was the coach? They would have ran the ball three straight times. The the timeout. It would have been a three and out, and then the Chargers would have come back and won the game. They would have had two and a half minutes with all their timeouts, or or none of their timeouts, maybe. At midfield. Add midfield because they would have the Panthers would have punted, 
but they, they would have run the ball, not gained any yards because that's what Ron Rivera would have did. So I, I'll give them props for being a little more aggressive on that. So it's refreshing and it's something where we're going to see Matt rule, I think probably settle into what works and what doesn't. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a win. We can't be all that negative. We're not Falcons fans. We're not 0-3. Nope. We're not, we're not 0-3. The NFC we're, we're not last in the NFC South. We won a game. We didn't blow a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter for the second straight week. And so, we're not the Jets. And we're not the Jets either, yes. Yep. So, yeah, the Panthers won a football game, which I'm kind of surprised they won after three weeks. But So I guess we'll see how many, they, how many more they pick up. It's, On, it's, just, it's nice to say that phrase, yeah. the Panthers won a game, because it's been 10 games since they won. And, yep including last year. So it's, it's just nice to say that we won a game. Yep. And we may not be saying that they won a game here for a bit. Cause they got the Cardinals next week. They got the, the Cardinals are sneaky. Week. Good. Did they end up beating? Um, I don't remember who they were playing. They today. were playing the lions. And the lions. It was the tied the last I saw. Them. Yeah. The they lions did, did beat them. Yeah. Oh, the lions beat the Cardinals. Yep. The lions okay, beat the Cardinals. So they're two and one. Yep. But they are a very talented offense with Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray is legit. Yep. They're probably going to come back with a vengeance against the Panthers. So, yeah. Um, then we play the Falcons. The Falcons, you know, they might blow a lead against us, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> then they play the Bears. Then they play the Saints. Then they play the Falcons again. Then they play the Chiefs. Then they play the Bucks. So that Saints Falcons. That Saints Falcons is also in the same like four days. Cause that's the Sunday yep. afternoon and then Thursday night. So that's going to yep. be tough. So it's very possible that we don't see the Panthers win another game for the next six to seven weeks. So let's enjoy this while we can. I think we'll win. I think we'll beat the Falcons at least once. I also think that beating the bears is doable. It depends on which quarterback they go with. Uh, Nick Foles didn't look great today when he did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it just, I, I think we we stole this game from the Chargers, so we'll probably lose to the Bears. Um, yeah, because you know balance and all that. But I, I think we have a shot at beating the Falcons at least once because both of us just let's just be real here. Um, and Gina and DW, friends of the program, uh, we're both terrible, and I yeah. think they know that, and we know that. So anything can happen. That's true. Anything can happen, especially when it's the Falcons and Panthers game. So. We'll certainly yes, see. Th- those are guaranteed to be batshit crazy, and anything could happen, especially in 2020. Anything could happen. Exactly. So we'll have to tough out the next, let's see, probably four to five, six weeks without Christian McCaffrey. But hey, we won. So let's, we won. Let's That's enjoy, what matters. Let's enjoy this week, and we'll we'll bring you guys some coverage of the Cardinals game against our favorite Corgi quarterback, Kyler Murray, and. <laughs> Should be a good time. We'll have John on here later this week, and uh, we'll have a breakdown for you there. So thanks for joining us on the post-game B&B reaction show, and uh, hopefully you guys get to enjoy a week of knowing the Panthers won a game for once. Yep. Take care, guys.